Welcome back, Spurs fans, to the 56th episode of Casa de Spurs. Very well, might be our last episode. I got my man Danny here. Danny Sandoval, what's up, dude? What is up? Good to see you, man. Thank you. It's good to see you, too. It's good to be seen, as always. Um, <laughs> so we just wrapped. Uh, I guess I, I, I just finished uh, watching the last season, or the last game of the season here. I had to watch it on delay. So we're recording this on Sunday night. Um, been a weird weekend for Spurs basketball because we got to take a quick walk down memory lane as yeah. the, uh, as the, I think it's safe to say like the greatest spur to ever wear a Spurs uniform was retired and commemorated into the hall of fame, Mr. Tim mm-hmm. Duncan. Um, we're going to talk about Tim Duncan. We're also going to talk about kind of how this season ended up for the Spurs and then what lies ahead in their playoff game as the Spurs are playing, um, uh, as the Spurs are going to play Memphis in their first round, it's not a first round. How do you say it? The first game of the play-in? I guess it's the yeah, the first the first play-in game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Danny, let's start here. I want to talk happy stuff. I'm rocking my Tim Duncan gear today. All right, I got the two one on. I see that. Um, I'm rocking my Spurs my Spurs um, thirty two bits. Yeah, over here. I, so I dig it. Game yeah. over because. That very well might be the theme of the remaining part of the season yeah. here. Um, insert, <laughs> insert Goodfellas laughing meme right now. <laughs> that really is your meme. And anybody, anybody who uh, tries to use that should have to pay you a royalty now. I feel like you've cornered oh, the market. And, and, yeah, and I'm not sure if you caught it, but I got some heat this past week for using that meme by a, a certain uh, somebody in Spurs Twitter who actually has some clouds. Um, because he happens to be a dad, so yeah, that's good. My Spurs dad, yeah. All right, I want to unpack that on a on another podcast, maybe, but that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk greatest power forward of all time. Let's talk legendary. Let's, let's talk Hall that, of Famers. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Tim Duncan. Um, Danny, I want to know before we get into the weeds of everything, what what's your favorite Tim Duncan moment? I mean, one. That what is your favorite Tim Duncan moment? Because that's an you easy know, question. I thought about this. Yeah, well, <laughs> it 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 yeah, it, it should be right or yeah. it shouldn't be. It it's a it's a very um, loaded question only because mm-hmm. there's been so many. Uh, yeah. What nineteen years worth? But this is my favorite Tim Duncan moment, and I mean, this is actually um, in his very first season. Whenever uh, he led us to the playoffs against the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was game one, and I think I even mentioned this on Twitter about a week or two back. Um, and this really is my, my favorite Tim Duncan moment because I still remember, yeah, we won the lottery that year. I think right away everyone knew, hey, we're going to draft Tim Duncan, this kid out of Wake Forest. And I think at that time, I want to say I was 15 or 16, right? So, I mean, I say kid. He was, what, three years older than I was at the time, three or four <laughs> years older. So, um we got through that whole season, right? From the very first, from the preseason, we saw that that amazing dunk that he had against the Rockets in preseason. And Charles Barkley said, hey, I've seen the future of the NBA and his name's Tim Duncan. And we saw the opening game against Denver. He kind of shook the rust off a little bit. And we saw how he and David had that chemistry back and forth. And it was just amazing because we we're coming off this really crappy season. We won 21 games. Right. Didn't really have a lot of hope. I think, I mean, we had Spurs legend Jamie Fike starting in the lineup a couple of times that year to where, I mean, uh, we just didn't know what was going to 
what, what was going to happen. We knew David was going to come back. We knew Sean was going to come back. Uh, didn't know much after that. Obviously, Avery was going to be there, but we didn't know how good Tim was going to be. So right. we went through the season, and he ended up being, I think, better than expected mm -hmm. uh, right off the bat. First team All-NBA as a rookie. So, I mean, he was a consensus rookie of the year. Well, not consensus. I think there was one idiot media member out there who voted for Keith Van Horn. But um, <laughs> the very first game, the, the very first playoff game, I still remember this. It was, a, it was a, a Thursday night watching against the Suns. We were actually underdogs. Mm -hmm. We were actually underdogs that playoff series. Starting on the road, he had an awful, awful first half. Yeah. And we were struggling. I think we go into halftime down eight. Uh, team was not looking good. And back then, we're talking about a starting lineup of Tim Duncan, David yeah. Robinson, Avery Johnson, Vinny Del Negro, and yeah. Sean Elliott, right? Mm -hmm. So we're like, hey, you know what? Halftime's not – or the first half isn't looking very good. By that time, we're kind of expecting, like, you know what? I've seen the story before. We're going to go down 0-1, starting off on the road, probably not going to win on the road, have to come back and force – Game four, game four, because remember back then it was the best yeah. of five. So best they could have swept us, right? Yep. So and instead, they come but, out second half, and Tim dominates the second half. Yeah. He scores, I think I want to say 28 points in the second half. And there was this one period of time, and this is classic. This is back whenever Kevin Harlan was still like the 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 um, the voice of the NBA at that time. Remember yeah. those, those, those good old Thursday night TNT games? He'd come out. And you just had that fiery voice where, I mean, he would like just come out with these things like, oh, he's in fuego and stuff like that, right? So, I mean, he was on the mic that night. I forget who his partner was. I think it was Scott Hastings was the sideline reporter. I forget who his, who his media partner was, though. But I remember he was so jacked up. He was so pumped up, excited to watch yeah. Tim dominate. Yeah. Hot Rod Williams, Antonio McDice, and anyone else that the Suns could throw at him. And there was a point, I think Tim had scored like 12 points in a row. And it was at that point, at that point in time, I watched that and I knew, I was like, you know what? He's going to lead us to the promise line. He's going to lead us to a point where we never have known before as Spurs yeah. fans. And yeah. he had had those moments throughout the season also. I think he had a, a couple of really big games against the Jazz that year. And the Jazz were always our nemesis that year. I mean, I mean throughout that whole 90s period, they would always right. knock us out in the first, second round. So I think he went in and, and led us into uh, to Utah a couple of times. We won some road games. He had a really big uh, end of the year against the Jazz, uh, I think in 99. But, I mean, this was 98 still. So, um, yeah, whenever he led us to that first playoff win yeah. on the road in Phoenix after having an awful first half, I knew. I was like, you know what? This yeah. guy's going to do it. That, 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 that is my favorite Tim Duncan moment, I think, of any moment. Tim Duncan on the scene. I, I like it. You know, um, that's, yeah. a, that's a good one because I was going back and forth uh, since I was going to ask this question. I was going back and forth about what my response would be. My first inclination mm -hmm. was to say the 2008 double overtime victory against the Suns uh, where Tim hits the three, right? Uh, but yeah. I'm actually, since you're like at the beginning of Tim Duncan's career, I'm going towards the end of Tim Duncan's career. My favorite Tim Duncan moment is actually the interview that he gave going into the 2014 uh, NBA finals where he basically mm. said, we're going to get it done this time. And I, that it was like, it was like a goosebump moment for me because I feel like uh, the Spurs don't really break the fourth wall very much. Like they don't really talk mm. about uh, what, whatever, what all the fans are talking about. And around that time, like 2000, 
2012, 2013 was like when people really were starting to have like conversations on Twitter. And so this mm-hmm. new version of like fandom was alive and everyone was talking about their run. After getting beat in, in 2013, the Spurs fans were talking about like this team's for real, but like the, the team wasn't really acknowledging it. And then to have like Tim Duncan freaking acknowledge it, like we're going to get it done this time. I, I think, yeah, I think if I had have had the ability, I probably would have gone and bet everything that I owned that the Spurs were going to win yeah. that, that series. I just remember just feeling like so con- and telling like I was in the Navy at the time and I had a bunch of Miami heat fans and just telling them like, <laughs> No, I, I promise you the Spurs are not going to lose this series. Like, I promise you they are not going to lose back-to-back in the finals. And, of course, we all know what they do. They beat the brakes off the heat in what was arguably the best, the best performance of basketball that this league has ever seen. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But the, we're talking That's about – the, the thing I want to I wanna address, though, is we're not just talking about a guy who's in the Hall of Fame, Danny. We're talking about, a, we're talking about one of the all-time greats. I mean, I, yeah. I have Tim Duncan as high as number three on my list. There's probably mm-hmm. a, a smidge of homerism. Uh, I put Jordan at the top. I put Bill Russell at number two Ooh. just because of how he transcended um, his generation of basketball and won that many titles. But I can understand people not having Bill Russell there. And I put Duncan there for three because he was so good for so long. That said, there's a chance maybe LeBron might overtake him as the third. And but I even still, I have Duncan. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable putting him there at four. I don't know how you could reasonably put Tim Duncan outside of your top five all time, but I'm just kind of curious where you have him. And it, how nice is it that we have a, one of the all-time greats that wears our team's favorite uniform? You know, that that's so nice. And, and that's not anything to take for granted because I think about, what I mean, franchises like the Hornets mm-hmm. and franchises like the Pacers mm-hmm. or the oh come on, let me think. Uh, I mean, uh, the Orlando Magic, the Bobcats, the, Bobcats, the Magic, right? Yeah. Uh, even the Nets. So I mean, uh, you, you you have franchises out there that have been around a long time. But they don't have a yeah. top ten or fifteen or even twenty five. Heck, even fifty or a hundred top player in the NBA. Uh, throughout, throughout the whole period of time. So, I mean, to, to, to think about and debate and say, hey, potentially the greatest spur of all time could be either top two or three on the all-time list. I mean, sure. that's something to really, to really be thankful for. So, I think for me, uh, Jordan's definitely at the top, right? Especially after watching The Last Dance last summer. I think that kind of, again, ingrained among all of us, us that he was, just, <laughs> he was just the greatest of all time. I mean, just his, his, the, his persona the way that he demonstrated his leadership on and off the court yeah. and the way he was just a dog. I mean, just, he just, he was ferocious whenever it came to um, wanting to beat everybody in his path. Um, I actually I mean, it may, may be controversial. I oscillate between having LeBron and Tim as number two and three. Um, I think at this point, uh, I hesitate to say, but I think I'm going to put LeBron at number two only because longevity, right? So he comes sure. right, right out of high school has all of the, I mean, the, the weight of the world on his shoulders as far as just expectation-wise sure. already just, I mean, already, I mean, since he was like 15 or 16, right. already having that mantle of saying, hey, he's going to be the next great one. And he, he was. He, he came was. out of high school and he didn't lead the Cavs to the playoffs, I think, until his second or third season, which, right. I mean, I think that's that's kind of 
again, something that we can talk about with Tim, like he made the playoffs every year, every year, even yeah. whenever he had teammates like Chucky at, or uh, uh, Chucky Brown and Samaki Walker so and Rock and Mason Jr. Yeah. And Keith Bogan. Yeah, I mean, he still made the playoffs. He was still so there. Maybe that's a, a pock on, on LeBron's uh, career. But you just have to look at the longevity, the fact yeah. that he's still, I mean, he's still probably either the second or third best player in the league right now at his age. And yeah. the fact that, I mean, he's going to come back and play for the Lakers and probably at least advance at least to the second or third round. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's why I put him at, at that point. But Tim is no, no lower than three for me. Yeah. And I think, again, you have to go to his stats. His stats and the fact that he took his team every year to the playoffs. Every right. year. He did not miss the playoffs. And the other thing, too, is, like, I, I was having this discussion last night on on Twitter with some folks. Like, it's not just that Tim – I mean, he won five titles over the course of a 19-year career. Mm-hmm. But they were they were considered by – at least the league, I feel like the media tried to hate on these guys for forever and talk about, Oh, they're done. Oh, they're done. But people who are worth their salt, like the players in the league, uh, coaches in the league, opposing teams, opposing organizations, like they knew that the San Antonio Spurs were a threat as long as Tim Duncan was Mm -hmm. there. And it was, they were never like, Oh, well, we'd rather play the Spurs. Like it was always like, do we really want to go play the Spurs in the playoffs? That it was that for that long of time and going from 99 yeah. to when did when did he retire 2017 2016 2016 yeah. like that's a long time to be good for that long and to not have like missed seasons or, or to not have like a missed playoff series and to do it out of a small market and to do it mm-hmm. without like sustaining like a real major injury as well like I don't know. I don't know how you ignore all that. I mean, he was consistently good. He was consistently a great teammate. He 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 embodies greatness. So I I can understand Absolutely. why I can understand why somebody would want to put LeBron James over him, and he very well might. I want to see how LeBron finishes his actual career, like where he actually finishes. But right now, you know, I, as it stands today, with Tim Duncan having a completed career, he's ahead of. LeBron and LeBron has to pass him. He might pass him, yeah. but I don't think if LeBron retired today, I don't think I can put LeBron James ahead of Tim Duncan. Um, just for the I agree with him. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So um, he's in the hall now. That's great. I, I did think it was a pretty cool moment whenever they had, uh, uh, you know, he was thinking. I think Popovich, and then they also put up just for a brief second, like a split screen where it was Duncan Popovich, and then it showed Manu and Tim, or excuse me, Manu and Tony uh, in the in the third little shot there, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh look, here's four <laughs> Hall of Famers, like all four of these yeah. guys. Yeah. And I I know that I've been pretty uh, um, uh, petty towards Tony Parker, but oh, I don't. Oh oh, I don't see how you, you don't think? put that guy. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I saw they announced the new class of uh, Hall of Famers, and Tony Kukoc is going in. And I was like, oh, Tony Kukoc is going yeah, in. I saw that, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, J.R. Smith has better stats than Tony Kukoc, so uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder who Tony Kukoc's uh, person that's going to be introducing him. Is it going to be is, is it going to be Michael or Scotty? Who do you think? I think it's going to be remember, Michael. I mean, Michael has yeah, to. Yeah, I think so, too, but... <laughs> But remember that whole story with Dream Team back in 92, how they hated Tony Kukoc. They, they took that guy. turns, like saying, you know what? 
no no one's guarding him but you and me because yeah. we're going to make sure that Jerry Krause understands that he does not deserve any more money than us. Poor so yeah, that, that would be interesting. Maybe that's why he's yeah. getting this nod. But anyways, if he's in, if he's in, then of course, of course, Tony Parker's getting in. Come on, man. That's that's definitely. Gonna and you know what? Yeah, I don't I don't get some of these people that argue right that, that yeah. say you know what Manu, Manu Ginobili doesn't deserve to be in. I mean, this is the basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the right. NBA Hall of Fame. Right. Maybe okay. I taking my Spurs Homer glasses off, maybe I can say, you know what, if it's just the NBA, the National Basketball Association Hall of Fame, maybe he doesn't deserve to be in. But I mean, even 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 with his NBA career, then, I still think yeah. he deserves to be in. But then you take in the whole Everything Argentinian else. team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the World Basketball Championships, the Olympics. I mean, there's no doubt that, 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 that Manu goes in. Right. I think so too. I think these guys are a lock and um, not just that, but just, I mean, something speaks to legacy and, uh, I'm going to transition this right now towards the kind of the end of the season, because I think that's been one of the main reasons why I, this has been such a, um, a frustrating season. It's been necessary. We all kind of knew this was coming. I feel like after the mm-hmm. Spurs won their last title in 2014, that was kind of like, we all just had a moment where we were like, okay, mm-hmm. this is coming to an end. Like, even though there was the Kawhi and Zaza ankle, and even though there was, um, you know, other stuff that took place after the 2014 title, like, we started to see the end. And now we're in the dog days here as Spurs fans. And uh, the reason why it stings so much is because we had actual Hall of Fame legends that ran our franchise. And now we just... We might have that, like we might have some of these guys that end up making a Hall of Fame and who knows, but it, the, the season was, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think you have him like top 15 all time or something like that. Um, but I mean, look, your boy Lonnie had a, had a couple chances in the last 48 hours to make some noise. Boy, hey, just real quick. I mean, I think, I think I he had zero really, points on Saturday night. I was heated at Drew, yeah. Bank, Drew, Drew Eubanks. I mean, Drew Banks in is the kind opening of a minutes, name, by the way, right? I mean, it just that, that just Drew Banks. that just kind of fell into Bill Land's lap, and he's been kind of rolling. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, I was heated whenever he ran into Lonnie, and I'm gonna just go ahead and chalk that whole like the sure. weekend up to Lonnie not playing well, to just the fact that Drew Banks hit Lonnie early on and messed okay. up his leg, and I hope he's fine. I'm actually yeah. surprised he played today, but I was, I was yeah, too. That, I'm gonna chalk it up to that. And in, and in total fairness, like, I was hoping that Lonnie was okay. Like, it was, it's obvious that a guy, uh, Lonnie's a guy that really depends on his uh, athleticism and a little bump like yeah. that, especially to the knee. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't fault him that much. Zero points is a tough pill to swallow, especially in a game without DeMar DeRozan, especially whenever he got five assists, and I think he missed nine shots. But anyways the the entire season was kind of frustrated frustrating and I think we said it a couple weeks ago that Boston Celtics game was really kind of like where they they kind of checked out and once the 10th seed became like you're not going any higher than 10 you're not going any lower than 10 um this last week of the season has really just been kind of a formality kind of just gearing up for the uh Grizzlies and I you know we saw that today in in this game uh, in the second game against the Suns where they you know, the Spurs could have won that game, maybe. Um, but it was like both coaches, like Pop and Monty Williams, were like, you're good, we're good? Okay. Yeah. And then the league guys. <laughs> and then you have Eton Moore, who's hitting a game-winning three over 
like Quindary Weatherspoon. <laughs> like that's how that game. Yeah. Ended. So it, try not to take too much of it. But what I want to know from you is this: look over the total season, look over the totality of the entire season. What's one thing that you loved? Like what's one? And it could be a player, it could be a scheme, it could be a development. Um, but what's one thing that you loved? And then one thing that you hated, and then one thing that you would you're like. I would have liked, I'm not, I don't hate this, but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of, or, or a little bit, like it didn't quite get there. So one you love, one you hated, and one you're kind of like, eh, I would have liked to have seen that a little bit better. This kind of class of the Spurs version of F, Mary kill. Okay, I got you. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> so, all right. So one thing that I loved was um, DeJounte Murray's progression, right? Because he's coming off uh, the bubble last year. Sure. Last year, he well, first off, last year he was coming off that big injury, yeah. being out all year. That was really supposed to be his breakout year two years ago. He was supposed to be able, be able to come back and really just show, hey, that um, all-defensive team wasn't a fluke. And he gets hurt. He gets injured. He's out for the year. And that was really early on. I think I wanted to do those in preseason. So that yeah. kind of forced Derek White into the starting lineup. And I think Derek, Derek actually started off that year injured as well so we didn't have a point guard i think for the first probably two or three yeah bryn forbes to the season the bryn forbes guard. yeah i was gonna say bryn forbes god bless him right yeah. so but no Dejounte really came in and i think he really fortified himself as the point guard of this team much to the chagrin of a lot of people on spurs twitter i know there's some haters yeah. out there um and i think that article that came out last year with si really just kind of showed a little bit as far as his background and his history and I think he kind of has mentioned, hey, I mean, I'm not ready to tell my full story. But just to watch him come this year to, yeah. um, I mean, just to, just, just to come and play and assert himself as the point guard. And yeah. I think consistency, right? Because that's how we measure any kind of player whenever it comes to, hey, yeah, you can every once in a while, every game or every third or fourth game, maybe you can pop in 15, 20 points, hand out seven, eight assists, a couple of steals. Yeah. But it's, can you do it every night? And right. yeah, he had some hiccups along the way. I'm not going to say he didn't. But overall, the consistency that we wanted to see out of him, it really proved itself this year. And I think, um, unless you just really want to hate hard on him, I think he really did show himself as being the point guard of this team moving forward. Right. And somebody that is not going to want to, that you're not going to want to be messed with, uh, as, far, as far as DeJounte. You don't, you don't want to see him on the other side of the court about to guard you because, I mean, he's... yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a beast. Guard, so uh, career high really in minutes, is. career high in minutes, career high in field goal makes and attempts, um, mm -hmm. career high in three point attempts, career high in uh, free throw attempts, uh, rebounding. He's up almost three rebounds a game, career high in assists uh, and career low in or I guess not career lows, but he had lower turnovers and lower fouls. And here's the big thing, man. He's almost five points a game more than he was uh, last season. So really was yeah. career numbers. I, I'm with you. I thought he was great. Um, I'll be a little, I'll hold a little bit of judgment on the point guard of the future permanently. Uh -huh. until we really know where the landscape of this team is. That said, I'm not upset at all. If he is the point guard of the future moving forward. Um, but give me one now that you hate. What was the one thing that you were just like, this was a major disappointment this year? Well, I mean, it, I hate to, to, to belabor the point, but I think that we really, especially going into the season, 
unless you were just a total Spurs homer, which I can sometimes tend to be, even though people may might disagree with that based on my uh, my, my 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 Twitter activity. Unless you were a total Spurs homer, you kind of knew we're going to go into the season. We weren't going to be contenders, right? We might contend for a playoff seed, but I mean, even at that, we're going to be one of the lower seeds. Now, I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, we played above our heads that first two, mm-hmm. two months. I mean, we were top five, top six seed. And I think that was even still the case rounding into the new year. I think we even mentioned, right, that, hey, yeah. we really didn't fall apart until that COVID deal hit. Right after that Charlotte game, we're still looking good. We started that road, year road trip looking out uh, really, really, really strong. But I'll say this. This is what the one thing that I, 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 I kind of hated was, hey, we had a really good opportunity this year to continue to fortify and play our young guys and give them that experience that they need. And it's like I mentioned today even, right? Over the weekend, we saw the young guys play more than anyone and, and and in fact in fact today today's game they played pretty much all the second half and it was fun it was fun to watch them come back and go back and forth to the suns and sure it was a suns b c d team but still they gained that invaluable experience and it's just like anything whenever whenever you're doing any kind of job or anything the more you do it the better at it you're going to get the more that they're on the court in front of fans in front of nba refs playing with nba players you're going to get better. You're going to right. feel more comfortable. And really that's, that's what it's about. It's getting that comfortability on the court to where it's not going to be something so overwhelming to where it's like, Hey, I mean, yeah. I'm really in the NBA. This is really happening to me. No. Once they get past that and they can just play basketball and concentrate on basketball, that's what's important for them. Right. So whenever you see guys like Devin and Trey and Quindary even, and Luca, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to see that he broke his finger a couple of games ago. But yeah. those are the kinds of guys that needed that that playing time, and we just didn't see it. Now, I will right. say this, and I think it was really early on. I think I want to say the first three or four months of the season. I I know, I know, I know, I know only because we know Pop. We know how he operates. There was a point in time where I know he was going to send Devin down to Austin. He was going to send yeah, him he to, was that, to that G League bubble. He was waiting for it. He was. And then, remember, Derek got hurt. Derek, yeah, Derek got hurt. Something happened with him. I, I think it was his ankle or something happened where he got hurt or his toe. It was his His toe toe. and he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't. So he ended up keeping him. And I think that really saved him from going down to the G league again. And he ended up staying. Now he didn't get the playing time that I wanted to have because I mean, he obviously, um, he, he rode the bench a lot, but at least he stayed with us. He got to travel with the team, got to be a part of the team, got to maybe play in some blowouts, a couple of minutes here and there. And really over the last, I think I want to say three weeks, he's finally started to play again. And that was after Come Derek's around. last injury that kind of held him out for the rest of the season. So yeah. that Pop would be was, the thing that I could pick that I'd hate. Yeah, I think the de- development overall was we didn't really get as much development as we wanted to as Spurs fans. Um, yeah. It was, I think you're exactly right. I think Popovich would have loved to have sent some guys down to the bubble, but because of COVID, he needed bodies. <laughs> and it's like, in, in a yeah, weird way, like the pandemic, it's kind of got some of these guys more playing time than maybe they would have, but yet we still didn't get enough sure. playing time for some of these guys. It was an all around frustrating year for development. I, I guess Greg would say very differently. He would probably say he's thrilled with their development and whatnot, but we wanted to see some big leaps come out of that. Um, okay, give me the thing here. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left and I want to get to one last piece here, but give me maybe like in uh, in like 30 seconds here, what was the one that you thought was like very meh? Like you wanted more of it, but you weren't entirely disappointed. Like you would have liked to seen more, but it wasn't hugely disappointing. 
what was that? You know, I, I think I think if I could pick anything that's, I mean, eh, meh. It's like today, right? I really thought, and I, I think even leading up to the weekend, I'm, I'm surprised. I think I was the only one who kept on saying this. I'm surprised more people didn't didn't ask about this. But you had to have known, right, that Pablo was going to miss this at least Saturday's game for yeah. going to the Hall of Fame. I think I would have really liked to have seen Becky coach yesterday's game. And I get the whole, like, hey, you know what, Mitch Johnson, he was the one who scouted the Suns. That's why right. he's going to go ahead and coach the Suns or, or coach, coach against the Suns. But I would have in that vote of confidence to Becky to say, hey, you know what, you got this after I after I leave. After I when, Whenever that is, whenever I choose to retire, you got this. Only because I don't want to see her leave for someone else. I don't want to see her go to greener pastures uh, just because we were um, at a stage where we, we weren't ready to come in. So uh, I'm a big Becky fan. Uh, I think she's going to be a really good coach. Uh, every time I see her, that her energy, her spirit, uh, you watch her on the sidelines. She's just, I mean, just her, her energy is infectious. And I think it goes throughout the whole team. I would have liked to have seen her coach yesterday, at least that way, to kind of give her that vote of confidence, like, hey, yeah. wink, wink, uh, stick around and you'll get, you'll, 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 you'll have this when we're done. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that uh, as well. That would have been nice. I am going to say my meh this year was your boy Lonnie Walker. And I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. Um, I, I thought Lonnie developed fine this year. I really do. I thought, I think we saw yeah. a lot out of Lonnie. I didn't see the jump from him that I feel like I've been promised I was going to see. And I do feel like he had opportunity. He could have had more opportunity. I, I will say he could have had more opportunity, but he had enough opportunity mm -hmm. to have that dramatic jump. He's better than he was. He improved. I'm looking up his stats right now, and I'm going to be quick about this. He, he averaged six points a game last year. He was up to 11.2 this year, and that's on a bench roll. Uh, career high in minutes by nine more minutes a game, 25 minutes a game. 35% mm -hmm. from the three-point line, which ironically was about 5% less than it was last year. However, his attempts were drastically different. He shot almost five a game this year as opposed to two last year. Um, did have a lot of turnovers. Turnovers, that's, that's understandable, especially whenever your minutes go up almost a third. He's handling the ball more, sure, yeah. Yeah, and he handles, handles the ball more, and plus he was playing with the second unit, so maybe less caliber players. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not upset with Lonnie Walker. I thought he was fine. I thought he had a great year, but it wasn't the jump that I wanted, that I was promised I would get from Lonnie. So that's, he's my, meh, for this, <laughs> this year. Um, that's fair, that's fair. Let's, let's wrap this up in style. We've got about five minutes here, but um, the Spurs are going to play the uh, – they're going to play the Memphis Grizzlies, which, Danny, I, yeah. I think they can beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they, I think they can, too. I really can. Yeah, they probably shouldn't. I also think that they are designed yeah. to beat the Golden State Warriors because they've got a plethora of guards that they could just throw at Steph Curry and hope that mm, – I, I don't know about that one, but, okay, keep on going. No, nobody really <laughs> believes this, but I, I, I believe <laughs> they can throw a plethora of guards at this guy – for four quarters and win one game. Yeah. I don't think they could win the series, but I think they could win one game. But um, what do you say? Do the Spurs have a chance against the Grizzlies? Can they beat them? Are we going to get – we're going to get a game on Wednesday night. We get one on Friday or Saturday as well. All right, here's my deal. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say the Spurs are going to win on Wednesday. Okay. How about that? I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it the Spurs. The, the Spurs are going to win on Wednesday. And, and here's why. Here's why. 
I think today there was a perfect blueprint laid out for the Spurs. And really, it was the same blueprint the Spurs used back in the finals in 13 and 14 against LeBron. Let Josh shoot. Let him shoot, all right? I know DeJounte wants to get up in him, and he, I think that kind of works against him sometimes because with Ja, right, he wants you to kind of get up in him, but that way he could race past you and get to the rim. No. He's going to have to go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to let you take anything from 19 feet out. You can have it. If you want to shoot threes, shoot all the threes you want. If you make them, hey, we're going to tip our hat to you, and great. That, I mean, that's just, that's just the way the cookie crumbles this time. Let him shoot because that's what the Warriors did today, and he had, what, I think two or three points? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that that's, that's the blueprint that they need. And you know what? There's going to be the what, – what actually what really disturbs me – or not disturbs, but worries me more, not really more because, I mean, Jaws, I, I, he's a superstar, right? So, I mean, he can really just turn it on on Wednesday and get mad over his performance today and be like, you know what? Screw yeah, it. I'm going to go ahead and just take this thing over. But what I think is something equally as important to make sure and pay attention to is Jonas Valanciunas. And here's why. Um, I was watching him today, and I think – Jonas on the offensive rebound or on the, the offensive boards and just his overall inside presence is going to give Jakob fits. And let's remember this, right? They were former teammates. They used to play with the Raptors together. So I think they, they're familiar with each other. They know each other uh, fairly well to where there's going to be some familiarity there. Jakob cannot pick up tiki-tack fouls. He cannot. He cannot pick up cheap fouls. We're going to need him for rim protection to go up against Jonas because, you know what, after Jakob, who do we have? We have Orgy and uh drew banks so i mean we're gonna need to have Jakob in there he's gonna need to play some heavy minutes i know yeah that, that's what i'm hoping because really we look back at that last time that memphis has whipped our butts back to back he was a really big factor in that i think yeah. he hit like six or seven threes that one game yeah. uh which i mean coincidentally he hasn't hit that many whenever he played with us but i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm even gonna tell you the final score of wednesday's game okay. final score for wednesday's game is going to be 108 to 103, and it's going to be the Spurs. And I'm going to say DeMar is going to have a really big game and be looking for a big game from Rudy Gay. I'm going to say it now from Rudy I, I, Gay. I think you're. Yeah. I think you got a good call on this, and I think people who watch yeah. this and say that we are uh, homers, but I think that they. I think the Spurs <laughs> probably. Yeah. I think the Spurs are one, they can win one game. They might not be able to win a. They season, can, yeah. But they can win a game. They're good enough to win. They a can game. win a game. You go right. Absolutely. I I would prefer that they have Derek White there, but I mean, mm -hmm. Lonnie Walker and Dejounte Murray can d up enough, and Demar Derozan and Rudy Gay can have one good game, and Jakob Pertl mm -hmm. can box out on the on the on the glass enough for one game, and Gorgie Dane can come in and be a revenge game, and. Look, all the stars are very it's – not, it's not that difficult for these stars to align for them to win one game against the Memphis Grizzlies. So I don't think Memphis yeah. will be, like, selling playoff tickets yet. I think they got to get through this. It'll be very interesting. Um, it's been a fun season, Danny. It's been, a, it's been heartbreaking at times, but it's been enjoyable. And I've enjoyed you um, jumping on and filling in for Trace while he was gone. Um, it was, it was, a, uh, it was a, a, a shift for all of us, both, both fans and players alike. So – I was glad you're here. We are going to look forward to uh, this game on Wednesday night. Should it go further than that, then maybe we'll do a podcast next week. Otherwise, we will jump back on and do some draft preview here coming up for what could be the most important offseason in Spurs history.
you know what I'm going to say? We're going to have a podcast talking about uh, that second play-in game. How about that? I like it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Let's do it. Follow us on Casa de Spurs. You can follow me at the Hailstone and Danny Sanders 80 uh, on Twitter. Get in touch with us. Thanks for watching, and always remember, go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go.